0: Today, on Drawing Near, we begin learning about the resources God has provided for our part in the spiritual conflict that is going on in creation. If we are to stand against the spiritual forces of evil, it is imperative that we be fully equipped. So get your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and join us for our Christian Armor Part 1. Before we begin, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today humbly, recognizing that apart from you, we are lost. We are lost in our sin. We are lost in the foolishness of our own human wisdom. We are powerless against the forces of evil without you. And so, Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy, your love that extended hope to us Hope in the form of Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you for faith that enables us to trust him and follow him day by day. Help us to realize the need to follow Jesus actively day by day. Help us to learn what is involved in following Jesus and how we are to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Guide us as we learn how to think, live, speak, even feel as believers. Teach us concerning those resources, what you call the armor that we need in this struggle. It is a legitimate struggle. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to stand. Guide us now in our study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, we read Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. As we look at verse 14, we should recognize that we are told to stand now for the third time. No matter what we take away from these verses, we need to understand that we are under assault. That we can't just live our lives minding our own business, staying out of the fray. Satan is coming for us. He's not just coming for me, he's coming for each of us as individuals. He's like a roaring lion roaming to and fro. He is bent on our spiritual destruction. He is a liar and a thief and a murderer. He's coming for us, our children, the church. All of humanity. Now, that may sound like an exaggeration or a stretch, some kind of spiritual concoction designed to elevate the need for spiritually following Christ, but it is the fact. And it is Satan who is the aggressor. He is the one who led the rebellion in heaven, he is the one who is going against all that God has designed in his creation. And we as believers are to stand against his aggressive attempt to destroy the work of God. It is more difficult to stand under an assault than it is, well, clearly to retreat. That is not an option or should not be an option for any of us, although many believers or professing believers are in retreat. We are not standing. But it is more difficult to stand our ground than it is to charge. The momentum that it takes to charge and go forward makes it easier. It is easier to confront your enemies moving forward than it is to just take a firm, solid stand and hold your ground. I believe we are to be aggressive. I think our armor says we are to be aggressive. We are to be vocal and visible. So I don't think just standing there is just standing there and letting the enemy overrun our position. We are to fight. We are to engage in this struggle. We are to hold our ground as God's spiritual enemies try to overrun him and take over. So we're told in verse 14, stand therefore. And we're to stand having put on the armor of God. We cannot legitimately take a stand if we are not armored. The first thing we are told is, having girded your waist with truth. Now, there are many who are going to focus on where each of these virtues are on the body, the waist, the chest, or the breast, the feet, etc. And that plays some part in this as to the, the definition of these things. But sometimes we get caught up in the visual imagery of the armor, and we neglect the true tools that God has given us for this battle. The first thing we are told is, gird your waist with truth. The Gospel of John says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus taught that we will know the truth, and the truth will make us free. Over and over again in the New Testament, we are told to embrace the truth, to live according to the truth. So we need to assert right off, there does exist absolute truth. The world wants to tell us that truth is relative that what is truth to you may not be truth to me. But that's not what the Bible teaches at all. The Bible teaches that God has given us his truth. And if it is God's truth, it is absolute truth. And Satan desires to attack truth. He is a liar, and so he wants to twist the truth and pervert the truth. He wants to cause us to doubt the truth or to make things that are not truth, truth for ourselves. And we need to embrace the truth of God. It is imperative, it is critical that we seek to know the truth, know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we embrace the truth and the freedom that Christ promises through embracing the truth. The truth must be central to our lives. We need to take up the truth of God for ourselves, and not just accept it, but to embrace it with all of our hearts. We must gird our waists with truth. And in case you're unclear about this, the truth of God is revealed in the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, Old and New Testament. We cannot hope to know the truth and live by the truth if we don't know the Word of God. Truth is God's proclamation of what is right. Second, we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is living rightly, living out the truth. It is right thinking, right speaking, right doing. We must embrace righteousness. By casually and carelessly living our lives, We do not deliberately live in righteousness. Now, we do not have a righteousness of our own. Our righteousness was provided by Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. But as believers, we are to put off the old person, we are to put on the new person, and we are to embrace and put on the righteousness of Christ. Now, that's a real righteousness. It is a real righteousness that is lived out in the world. It is the light of Christ that is visible to the world. It is the salt of Christ that is palpable to the world. Righteousness must legitimately be a part of the believer's life. And then we're told, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to have embraced the gospel for ourselves, but we need to be prepared and ready to share the gospel, to proclaim the gospel to all those around us. And I think that's why we're talking about the feet here. The gospel doesn't just stay with us. The gospel must be spread. It must be shared. It must be both visible in our lives, the evidence of the gospel, but also verbal on our lips. And so we need to be prepared and ready to take the gospel wherever God wants us to take it. And it is the gospel that brings peace. It brings peace between us and God. It brings peace between us and those who know the gospel around us. And then it brings peace to our own hearts. Many people have asked me how to have peace. And the very first step is to embrace the gospel, to receive the forgiveness and the pardon for our sin that is provided for us through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Peace is intimately connected with faith. You cannot have peace apart from faith in God, who he is, and what he has done, and what he is capable of doing. We must know peace. So, in looking at these three things, truth, righteousness, and the gospel of peace, let's note that when we are told to stand at the beginning of verse 14, we are told to stand after or having already girded our waist and putting on the breastplate and shodding our feet. In other words, God's Word is clearly visualizing that we are incapable of standing against the wiles of the devil if we have not put on truth, righteousness, and peace. Why are so many believers faltering, falling, failing? Because they are ill-equipped. They don't know the truth. They haven't embraced the truth solidly in their lives, and so they can't stand They have not embraced the righteousness of Christ and are living out the righteousness of Christ in their lives. So they can't stand. They haven't truly embraced the peace that the gospel provides. And so they can't stand. If we want to be victorious in our Christian lives, we must recognize our need for the armor of God. And then we must deliberately put it on. And over and over again, we're told in the New Testament, put on, put on, take up. That is an effort we must make. We must cooperate with God in embracing truth and righteousness and the gospel of peace. What do you know of God's truth? Is that word just a fuzzy word that you're not sure what it means or what it entails? How are you in living righteously before God? Do you have the mindset that you can just live any way you want to and it's okay with God? That's a lie of Satan. Do you know the gospel? I mean, beyond just having trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you know the depth and the breadth of the gospel of peace? These things are critical for us. And if not, you need to continue to listen to Bible studies like these and study the Word and grow in the knowledge of God's truth. Recognize what God calls us out of and what He has called us to so that we can live righteously, recognizing that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And that salvation is from the consequences of sin, but it's also from uh, the chain of sin. We are set free through the gospel to live righteously in the truth of God, and we need to be doing that actively, deliberately, faithfully. The letter of Ephesians has called us to this in every single chapter. But if we continue to reject truth, if we continue to live in sin, if we continue to ignore the price that was paid for our salvation and our peace, we can't hope to stand against the wiles of Satan. He will deceive us. He will goad us into sin and rebellion, and we will falter and fall. Lord, save us from that. Oh, Father, I pray that people will recognize the urgency, the danger that is involved in this struggle. It is a real struggle, and it is not just a spiritual struggle. I see it. It is visible. It is tangible and physical as well. Help us, Father, to heed your counsel, to heed your commands, so that we might do our part and come out of this struggle victorious in Christ Jesus, because we faithfully listened, trusted, and yielded, submitted to his authority. Father, thank you for all of those around us who set the kind of example that we need. And I pray, Father, for those who are struggling, that we might be able to take up the armor, fill the gap, and help them to their feet so that they too may stand. Fill us with a sense of awe at the struggle that is going on around us and help us to understand that arguing and biting and bickering with those around us is not what you've called us to. Open my eyes. Give me clear direction. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page, Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.